everyone, and welcome to a brand episode of The Wrap right here on the Fike Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we begin, quite possibly, the busiest week since WrestleMania. We got three shows, not only from WWE, but AEW on tap, Clash at the Castle, Worlds Collide, and All Out. Get ready. If you add the TV shows, you won't have a life by the time Sunday hits, but we got you right here on the Fike Media Network. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain. My right hand man, the sometimes advocate for Von Wagner, who is still rapidly improving, I do believe. I bring to you, as always, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Thank you, Keela. It's uh, always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. I'm excited about today's show. And, you know, I. You can go. I'll go ahead and claim uh, my boy Vaughn because uh, I'm I'm loving what Bron, uh, Vaughn's bringing to the table lately. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and claim him back. That's my guy again. I'm back on the bandwagon with Vaughn. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited about today's show, uh, the conversation, uh, and our guests that we have. You know, it's always good when we bring in that third perspective, and it's always a fun conversation when this guy joins us. Yes, it's been a month without a third guy in the chair. Very unusual, but. This person always picks the right show to do. Things happen. Controversies, returns, more controversies and returns. And once again, we have another surprise. And who better than to break it down with us than our guy, a member of the Fight Game Media family. I bring to you once again, Jeremy Feinstone. Welcome back, Jeremy. Hey, everybody. How you doing? (laughs) What a week. Not not a whole lot in terms of the uh, substance, but the flash was bright. Sure seemed like this week, didn't it? (laughs) It was very bright in Toronto. I think we're all on a high after Monday Night Raw. Tuesday and Friday was so-so. But overall, WWE is on a run. Tickets selling out Survivor Series in Boston selling out. In a day that's ridiculous and who knows maybe this entire survivor series concept be flipped upside down this year to make the show matter heading to the end of the year with some warrior rumble and wrestlemania stakes attached to it yeah i uh i am super excited for what we have going on in the future of wwe right now it just the future is bright and watching what we have this week and knowing what the what the landscape is ahead of us, uh, I'm feeling more optimistic about things than I have in a long time. What about you guys? Yeah, you know, this is uh, I think this is a very important time. I, I'm optimistic, but, you know, we should also be very cautious because, you know, Keela, you mentioned the sellout and, you know, the hype that's around WWE right now and kind of. You know, there's just this intrigue of what's going to happen. What type of big changes are going to happen? How is the landscape going to change? What type of roster shuffling are we going to get? You know, who's moving up and down the card? And we're starting to see that. So it's very important now that they they really need to start producing consistently good TV shows. And I, I, they've done that on Mondays. But now it seems like some of the other days are starting to slip a little bit. But, you know, it's, this is a very important time to put out quality content to keep these new viewers that you're getting in. Because you're getting in either old viewers or people that are just like, what's going on over here? So very important to put out good quality right now. Yes, the Monday show is being prioritized right now. And that's a good thing. I do feel a slippage on Tuesdays and Fridays a bit. 
I think it's going to come down to more people coming back post Clash of the Castle. We got injuries to certain people that are healing as we speak, and they'll be back sometime next year. So these rosters will be strengthened. We got to think about a draft and NXT call-ups as well. So I think in due time, things will be leveled up and Triple H's vision will come to fruition in a matter of months. But we do like the steps taken so far to make Monday Night Raw a more stable show, to make it more cohesive, to bring a level of consistency which has not been seen in a very long time. And you see it via that third hour, which used to drop like a rock every week. But when you have a really good show, that's how you sustain the audience. Of course, you're not going to keep them all, but to keep most of them for that third hour, to me, is quite remarkable. That speaks to what you do at the beginning and the middle to make them stay for the end. You know, I, I'm i sitting here and I'm thinking about the show that they had on Raw. And I think the best hour of WWE had to have been from the point of the Alpha Academy Open Challenge to when Johnny Gargano came back. That was probably could have been the best hour of wrestling arguably this week. If you, you could argue it against the AEW stuff, but we're not talking AEW, but it there, there's a real argument to me that that hour of Raw was so good that it just it, it buoyed the rest of the show. Agreed. And that is something that hardly happens unless you got like a Raw reunion, a Raw 1000, a Raw 1500 they didn't acknowledge earlier this year. That third hour was pretty special. And I think that you need something like that to say all of our hours matter. Of course, the opener, the middle is important. But that third hour, it can matter, too, if you build it up properly as well. I would like to, you know, you mentioned a solid hour of wrestling. I know it doesn't matter anymore, so what the hell am I watching it for? But NXT UK was absolutely fantastic this oh, yeah. week. I mean, that that was a, a great hour of wrestling. But again, it doesn't matter. So, you know, who cares? But that's a gr- another great, just pure hour of wrestling. It's so sad that after next Sunday, NXT UK will cease to exist it had a great run for, what, five years, and now it's gone. And just think, those pretty, beautiful belts are going to be retired. And they're going to be replaced by the NXT belts in the U.S., and that's nice. But I'm still offended that Brooks and Dunn have those gorgeous NXT UK tag team titles. And they're going to go into Worlds Collide defending those titles. In what whacked out world did we deserve this? I don't know, but I know that there is going to be a trivia question one day that's going to be who is who was the final <laughs> Heritage Cup winner when NXT UK ended? And the answer is going to be Noam Dar. He lost it and then he won it back as Gallus makes their way to NXT proper and they decide, yeah, we're going to put the Heritage Cup uh, tournament trophy thing that we built up four or five weeks with uh, Shaw Samuels and gambling and, you know, everybody losing their money. And then he has to like lose his clothes as he's paying off all the bets from losing the Heritage Cup. And then, you know, Noam Dar turns around and wins the title uh, again two weeks later. It was a great match, but oof, it sure does feel like a lame duck show sometimes. It is. It's the end of the road. Scott endured it. He's a fan, but he realized why. Am I wasting an hour of my life because he loves it too much? That's why.
Uh, let me let me tell you, I I love the Heritage Cup matches. I love the, oh, the Heritage Cup rules. Uh, yeah, like like Jeremy said, and, and the story it, it played into the match. You know, like they said, and I will say this. You know, I don't know if anyone noticed this. A couple weeks ago, they did have a rounds match on NXT between Wesley and Trick Williams, which was had all essentially of the same rules. So I, I yeah I do wonder if there is potential of us getting that Heritage Cup. And I know NXT U, Europe is I mean that'll be perfect for that, but I just think that's such a different match type. You don't have to bring it to the main roster, but I think for NXT, I, I just think that's a, a unique match type that could work, and the crowd would eat that crowd would eat that match up. There's a three minute work rate argument that you could do, and I could see potentially it being in another version of NFT if that happens to come up. I'm just I'm not sure Heritage Cup style matches are going to carry well for the audience. It's going to take a lot of conditioning because you and I both know not a lot of people are watching NFT no, UK. No. Uh, and even when I do, it's like, what are the rules of this thing again? And then you watch it and they're great matches. But you just you have to teach yourself how to watch a, a heritage cup match. And that is part of it. And that, I think that's, that's part of, you know, this, this whole triple H kind of, you know, regime is we have to get used to different things. Even with raw, you know, we talk about the quality of, of wrestling that we had. That's something that the audience, the live audience is going to have to get used to is that kind of longer match format instead of these, you know, a, a three minute match, then you go to like a back, you know, it's going to, you're going to get good quality matches, 10 minutes between multiple segments, guys and girls. So I, I think if you're going to do it now is the time to do it. And I, I'm kind of glad they introduced that rounds match. It didn't really seem like people were that into it, but I don't think they rejected it. So I, I think we may see something similar, but you're, you're probably more so right in that. I don't know if it's something they're willing to take that risk on, especially when they do have a crowd that is very receptive to everything that they do. Mm. And yeah, no, I mean, could be USA too. Like it depends on what USA thinks about having matches like that on there. You know, when you have it on Peacock and it's streaming versus broadcast and they're like, this is not pro wrestling as we know it. And you know, you could have WD just trust us and they'll be like, Oh sure. Whatever. Uh, They could do that. I have no idea. It's a, brave new world right now time to take some risks hey listen let's be real wwe is keeping the lights on on usa so they better say like okay do what you need to do we trust you because we have nothing else to put on besides law and order repeats so we're good and with that scott made a very good point regarding fans needing to readjust their mindset when it comes to WWE matches. And a prime example is the opening match to Monday Night Raw, the semifinals of the Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament involving Io Sky and Dakota Kai versus Asuka and Alexa Bliss. I thought it was a very good 18-minute match, but the Toronto crowd was kind of so, so forward. And ironically enough, they were hot to open the show with the brawl between Riddle and Seth freaking Rollins and the Stratus comes out. Toronto's own looking absolutely amazing. We always say how Roman Reigns taps into God mode. I think Trish has activated goddess mode. Then now and forever, she looked fantastic. And we had Bianca Belair out there. Bailey, the aforementioned Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Eventually, Alexa Bliss and Asuka comes out to even the odds. And then the match takes place. It's very good. I love the exchange between Asuka and Io Sky. And it just felt flat. The action was good. The reactions were so-so. And thankfully, Eosky and Dakota Kai moving to the finals of this tournament going down 
tonight in Pittsburgh, PA versus we'll get to later on SmackDown. But I just felt like the crowd was kind of in and out of this match. And I wanted a bit more in terms of energy and excitement from Toronto, who sold out the house at the Scotiabank Arena, Scott. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, I, you know, I will say this. They haven't been given enough of a reason to care about Alexa Bliss and Asuka as a babyface team. I mean, who is Alexa Bliss right now? Like, you know, what is Alexa Bliss right now? We don't even know if she's still possessed. There's still if she's still carrying around that doll, we know there's still a little bit of demon left in her. So there, there's a whole other thing we got going on with that. Asuka's incredible. She's she's still incredible. But you have to be smart with Asuka. And like you saddling her in a tag team off her return the exact same way she left. You know, that's that's not doing her any favors. You know, you're, you're making her work extra hard and she's more than talented enough to make up for it. But you're not making her feel special. You're not keeping her special. You, you put her in a tag team with Alexa Bliss. Neither one of them feels special now. On the other side of that, you've got to introduce this live audience that you're taking to Dakota Kai and in, in EO Sky. They've been given maybe, I think, one match, maybe two, but you've you've got to give us a reason to care about those two. Everybody cares about Bailey. All of these people are to people who didn't watch NXT are just, you know, Bailey's henchmen, essentially. You've got to do more than that. There should have been video packages every week specifically on those two since they debuted. Like that, that should have been a priority is introducing these women in an 18-minute match. I, Give me 12. Give me 12 and just pick the pace up a little bit instead of going. You don't have to. Every every great match doesn't need to be 20 minutes. And I think that's something else that we kind of need to get away from. And I hope that's not something that's going to stay. We don't need a 20-minute match on every hour of every show. A 12-minute match right here at a high-intensity pace with a hotter crowd, that's going to do more than you know a longer 20-minute match that doesn't quite have the crowd. This match isn't going to get the love that it deserves because of the crowd. So I loved this match. I thought, it, I thought it was fucking tremendous top to bottom. Just the fact that I was watching Dakota Kai and EO Sky against Asuka and Alexa Bliss is fine. I, 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 I she was the fourth most interesting person in this match to me. And I'll just leave it at that. But the fact is we got a tournament that is a mixed bag, if you will, because on one side of the bracket, you got a bunch of people that have just been flipped in and out, in and out, in and out. And it almost didn't matter who was on that side of the bracket. And these were the two teams that you circle on this side of the bracket, Asuka and Alexa Bliss and Dakota Kai Sky. And you were thinking like, OK, one of the one of these people were going to go at first. I was under the impression that this match was going to happen at Clash of the Castle, the finals for the tag team tournament. And then I found out it got raw. But I was confused because I knew that the sixth person uh, tag match with Bailey and uh, oh shoot, uh, Bianca Belair is going to be at the Clash. I was like, well, why are they doing two matches? So now they're doing it at Raw. And it to me, it feels like the tag titles kind of became a second to the to the the hook man the hook woman tag and we're falling back into kind of a trap of minimizing the titles now i do think that this is all kind of a plan so that after the match and in 
Clashed Castle, a certain couple of people return and their tag title implications with that. So it's all building to something, but it definitely feels like there were some growing pains and booking pains and trying to get this tournament where it needed to be. And some of the steam for the fans might have had something to do with that. And the SmackDown side was absolutely snake bitten in the last yeah. week or so. The NXT side specifically, injuries galore, people getting pulled out at the last minute, and it was just a wreck. And you have a second chance fatal four-way match on SmackDown with the four weakest teams, and that match wasn't very good. Then we get Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Sonya Deville and Natalia, and Aaliyah is just out there laid out after Natalia takes her out with a Mishinoku driver on the floor and Raquel does all the work and she wins for her team. And we get this match as the finals going down on Monday Night Raw and it feels very underwhelming. And I go to a point on NXT this past Tuesday, Casey and JoJo, Caden Carter and Katana Chance, they're the tag team champs. And why weren't they in this tournament? I'm gonna tell you, you know what, <laughs> you know what, I ain't even gonna, I ain't even gonna do that. But I, will, I let me let me say this about Raquel and Aaliyah. I think that has potential to be a legit good babyface team if they keep them together. Like Raquel has obviously she's gonna be a single, so like there's there's no doubt about that. But I think they could legit be a good babyface team that you could kind of build both of them up and have them both improve while working as a team instead of putting them both out there in singles matches. I I think there's something there with those two. You definitely don't put the belts on them, but then again, maybe you do. I, 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 I like the potential of those two as an underdog team, especially with Aaliyah. Bro. Bro, uh, I think it's a great idea for one reason, and that is Aaliyah needs all the help that she can get. Jesus. And and Jesus, take the wheel on that one. Um, no, but the only problem with that is Raquel needs to be a single star sooner rather than later. And if that means turning her heel and beating the crap out of Aaliyah at some point, whatever they need to do, like she needs to not be sitting idling the engine before they pull the trigger on her you know you take a look at eo sky at the end of that women's tag match where she's like they announced her name and she's got her arms out saying her own name like she's a star and it's like that's what we need more of in the women's division we need raquel to be projecting herself like that as a star when she wins not helping Aaliyah along so she can get to be on her own as well you know what I mean? Like Raquel do for much better, bigger things. And as much as like the idea of getting Aaliyah to a place and there's potential there. Sure. But I would like for the potential of Raquel to be reached first. I th- I think that, well, I, I get what you're saying. And Aaliyah definitely does need the help, but I think there's way more potential in them. You, you need teams. I mean, you, you, you have to have teams if you're going to do this division. And I think you absolutely do. And I think that's you one of the few teams that they have that that works. Like I I can't think of an and I and I'm not saying you're wrong about Raquel. And when she does turn on Aaliyah, it's it's going to be a moment, and she and she's definitely going to capitalize on it. But I just when I look at that landscape, because you I, I don't see I don't see teams out there. Well, I mean, the good news is, is that we're no longer just going to have 10 women on a roster and That's you're going to be good to go. Like, they're going to fill out these rosters. You've already seen it. 
I mean, you can look at a couple of those matches on NFT with some of the women and maybe come to a conclusion like, yeah, that that might be all for them here at this one, uh, dot, dot, dot. So I just were they might be doing the draft in January instead of the fall. All that stuff has been rumored, but that doesn't mean people aren't going to be coming up and it doesn't mean that they're going to be filling, not filling out these rosters, just adding three, four or five women on each one uh, just to make sure that you know, the matches are fresh and you can you can do different things with different people. The the, the title match is going to come after Clash, right? No, it's going down Monday. So, yeah, the tag title match is this Monday and then the sixth woman match is at Clash at the Castle. So we do still have Worlds Collide. So I, I, I mean, you don't need to. What do you mean? What do you mean with that? Well, I mean, you don't need to women's tag divisions. So why not just, I mean, they, they already mentioned the tournament. Go ahead. Whoever wins that tournament, send, send EO and Dakota down and be like, yo, we're going to go ahead and take them too. And just unify all of them belts. Why not? You don't need two divisions. Yeah, I don't know. I just see Sasha and Naomi showing up in at the castle and uh, just looking at those titles the way that Bailey, Dakota, and EO showed up at SummerSlam. Is it, you know, is it one fair play turns another? Is it wrong of me to not want Naomi to show up and just want Sasha to be there by herself and be the star that she is? Don't you I dare. Think because is that wrong of me? Title, don't you I, do it. I hear why you think that that might be the case, but I think with the tag title scenario, there's going to be some, uh, not a whole lot of consensus for your point of view. I'm just saying, man, you gotta, I know I hear you. I hear you. my partner's no. not happy. She's not, she's not every, not, not in the least, she's not everybody's cup of tea, but she deserves the respect of getting the same kind of return that, that Sasha gets given. They made the choices together as a unit and whether you want to say that one is bigger than the other in terms of perception, like it would be a huge disservice to Naomi to be treated as if she was anything other than on the same page with Sasha the whole time. Let me tell you this. If LeBron James decided to walk out on the Lakers and Austin Reeves decided to walk out with them, I'm sure he is going to have his chest pumped out like that. But if Austin Reeves comes back to the Lakers, he's not going to get welcomed with open arms like LeBron James is. I disagree. Uh, I, uh, I think that Naomi is probably deserving of more respect than that. And I will leave it at that. All right, fair enough. Fair <laughs> and enough. allow me to put the respect on one's name because they walked out together. They're coming 100%. back together. They, 100%. Ma- they made that move together. That wasn't a Testify. singular person decision. They were both Preach. fed the fuck up. So they're Amen. both coming back together. They're both vying for that championship together. They can break off eventually. Say it again. But let me clarify again. They left together. That was Hallelujah. a dual decision to say to Vince and John Laurinaitis, fuck off completely. Amen. I'm just saying. Not one without the other. Even Sasha would say that. She rolled with her. She knew the risks. Naomi had far more protection with a whole goddamn bloodline than, than Sasha did. I'm just saying. She had a whole goddamn family and she still walked the fuck away. But well, I, I, think, uh, I think Snoop Dogg sent some threats. Snoop Dogg was like, y'all better not fire Sasha. Hey, y'all be well, he was going to be at the WrestleMania party <laughs> for you. <laughs> See, what now. See what I'm saying? <laughs> did, uh, did either of you hear that pop when the mic just got dropped? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, We're not going to do Naomi have, like uh, that. 
you have hit the gavel and said adjourned. Yes. <laughs> it is a wrap on that for that segment, not on the show. But yes, we're going to put some respect on Naomi's name because she walked out to alongside her tag team partner and champs. They threw those belts down together and said, fuck off. And they're coming back together to say, what's up? Who's here? And we're I get here. it. I get it. Judd Bushler. Judd <laughs> Bushler has three rings as well. Don't do that. Do not do that. <laughs> I get it. Do not I get do it. that. <laughs> now, if this was Cameron, sure. <laughs> sure. Because she Cam- was opening Cameron her mouth a bit too much, too. Right. No, no. Her know. name is Naomi, not Nomi. Okay. <laughs> all the way. Now, this is Cameron. Sure. You can have the smoke all day for her. You can smoke that Funkadactyl all day long. Hey, somebody better call my mama. <laughs> I'm gonna call your mama. Yeah, I'm gonna call yeah, your you mama. keep talking. You somebody might call my mama. <laughs> you keep talking, Scott. You might have to call your mama. <laughs> I'll call your mama personally. Get your son. Exactly. Get him. Oh man. <laughs> if I drag He's him further room. on this day, because I will. Because I bring up Golden State in this bitch, and he ain't going to like are that. You gonna, are, you gonna, are you gonna drag him like Dexter Loomis dragged the Miz out of that arena? Oh my God. So, this segue, because I'm fired up, I'm heated. This segue was outstanding. Thank you, Jeremy. We do great segues on this show. Just to antagonize Scott even more. So, a highlight of Monday Night Raw was Dexter Loomis swerving us all because for the last few weeks or so, you know, he was trying to attack someone and there were three people always at the scene of the crime. AJ Styles, Ciampa, and The Miz. So the first week he crashes the car backstage. Last couple of weeks he sets fires backstage. This week he decides to have a decoy jack up AJ Styles and it's just a diversion as the Miz on the barricade resting and there's a guy in a helmet he pops up and all you see is those those deadly icy blue eyes of Dexter Loomis and the crowd pops and he jacks up the Miz he pulls him over the barricade he chokes him out he drags him backstage and apparently across the border to parts unknown. And the announcers cared about two minutes. We have no updates on the Miz's condition. Maurice has not sent out a text or a tweet since then. Marjo has given us no updates. George doesn't give a shit. And, you know, I like it. It's an interesting angle to get people talking on Monday Night Raw. We I'm need sure you some... you do like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's a very fun angle. Hilarious. And it is actually hilarious. It is a funny <laughs> angle. It is sports entertainment. I call that best. go away heat. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's the go heat? Like the Miz. He got taken away. Yes. And the there Miz. Was heat. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a great line. So it made me very happy. It's a nice slice of sports entertainment. It's fun. We don't know where it's going. And it was a segue to something else. I want to get Jeremy's thoughts on this whole Dexter Loomis kidnaps the Miz to my great delight aspect of this story. Okay. So I'm amused by it. I literally don't know what's happening and I almost don't care. 
But there's a curiosity to the, the way that they've set up Dexter Loomis coming in, disrupting the show. You know, I kind of thought it had something to do with Johnny Gargano. And then, you know, just Johnny Gargano shows up uh, uh, two segments, one segment later, because, you know, he has nothing to do with what's going on with Dexter Loomis. So uh, that's a little weird. I, I literally don't know what's going on. I'm interested. I'm willing to see where it goes. I hope it's not dumb. I hope that my time is rewarded. But in the past, if this had all happened, I'd be bagging the whole thing. I'd be like, why is my time being wasted? I'm in a position now where I'm watching it with a certain sense of, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of rope. Where are we going with this? Show me what you got. And they... The whole segment between AJ getting pulled, his hair pulled and the security grabbing the 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 faint before the Miz kicks him and they get taken away Dexter Lewis took a minute and 15 seconds. So it's not like it's taken up the whole show. It's a chapter within the bigger picture. And yeah, there's definitely like, why is this on my wrestling? But I'm giving it I'm giving it a little bit of leeway. And I'm I'm interested in where we are going on this. Same here. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on your favorite wrestler outside of Randy Orton getting kidnapped by noted serial killer Dexter Loomis? We got my boy Shelton in there, too. Um, So where do I start, man? Uh, You know, after this segment, there was no way I was going to come on this show as Perky Scott. I could definitely tell you that, Um, (laughs) you know. I will let me let me say this. I, I agree with, with, with you both as far as this has been a very good way of introducing Dexter Loomis. And after what we saw on Tuesday night, I would not be surprised if this leads to a mixed tag match. And I think this would be a great way to introduce Hartwell to the main roster. I think she's got great babyface potential. And who better to prove your babyface potential against? Then the ultimates, just we want to get rid of her, Maurice, you know? And I, I think that would be a perfect way to introduce both of them. You bring Index up, you get rid of, you know, Miz and Maurice. Everybody's happy because it's Miz and Maurice. I'm cool with it because I'm a big Indy Hartwell fan. So if that's where this is going, I'm all for it. If we're just, you know, if we just using the Miz right now because we know who he, we like, hey, the Miz could take the loss. Let's just beat this guy up. I'm not I'm not happy about this. I don't I don't I don't like how the Miz is being treated in this regime, Hunter. We gotta talk about a couple things. Uh, you know, he was a guy that I wasn't really worried about because wonderful resume. He's got a TV show that's doing really well. Um, you know, hard worker, family man, you know, you know, Triple H, family man. You know, you guys have stuff in common, but clearly, clearly. You're not seeing eye to eye. And uh, I'm just I'm not happy with the way things are going uh, with the Miz. And but I, I know one person who is happy besides my co-host and probably Jeremy, too. And that's George. I'm sure George is sitting on his couch <laughs> eating his popcorn, being like, oh, this is great. Mike, Mike, I, Mike, I saw what happened to you on the on the show. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I'm gonna give you another shot, Hunter. Next week, I better see the, I, I better see Mike lay somebody out. I better see it. Scott, I got a question for you. What's up? How, how many how many matches do you fantasy book out of a year? Do you, <laughs> that you think like, 
a thousand matches, like so on or so forth. That like, you know, I'd like to see this match and this match one day. I'd like to see this person. Oh my gosh, dude! I can't. I can't. How many? Tell you. Do you, how many? Like, you could just give me a, a loose number: five hundred thousand a year, or a, a year or a day. In a, in a year, in a year. <sighs> oh my god! Because I can tell you this: I've done hundreds just on two K. So okay. just okay, in, okay, just okay. in my imagination, now, I, there it is. I mean, thousands, well, thousands. Okay. How far at the bottom of the list for 2022 <laughs> would you fantasy book Marie versus India Hartwell? How many matches Stop are it. below that in your fantasy like in your fantasy calculator, and how many matches are above it? <laughs> because that's a wild one to, to think like, hmm, you know, of all the matches that I'd like to see in 2022, a real banger would be Indy Hartwell versus Maurice. Well, Maurice could really show her. Maurice could really show her in a tag, mixed tag match. But well, it definitely wouldn't be a banger. But <laughs> after Tuesday, I could definitely see that going this way with Index coming back. Never change, Scott. Please never change. Oh, I won't. The smoke. I love you Jeremy. too much to, to remain authentic. <laughs> you are so authentic. I love it. <laughs> the smoke Jeremy just gave you. I can't top it. <laughs> well, this is why we bring I the guest you, on. I love you, buddy. This is why we bring the guest on. We we need we, this is the energy that we bring on. There's gonna come a day where I'm gonna get everything that's coming to me on this show, and I'm gonna sit here and I will take it. I will take all of it. I will be so wrong on something, and it will be, it will be embarrassing the the trail thing I will take from one of you, and that's fine because I have done my fair share of digging holes for other people and letting them bury themselves. So <laughs> one of these days, I know that reaping and sowing is a very real thing, and I and I applaud and I I await patiently that day. On the bright side, if, <laughs> if Dexter Loomis breaks into Miz and Maurice's house, it would be far more entertaining when The Fiend did it. So it would be a lot yeah. more fun. It would be a lot more lighter. Indy right by his side causing trouble. I'm here for that. Is it a You'd dream? probably get invited to sit down at the dinner table with him. Can you imagine Marjo cooking dinner for Dexter? Yeah. Come on now. Just one thumbs up when yes. like, how's the food? <laughs> one thumbs up with a... Oh, Mar- Marjo ain't gonna be there. She gonna be gone somewhere. She ain't, she ain't staying for that. Once she find out she he got a man, that or she he got a she got a girl. He she gone. She not. Marjo don't care. Marjo don't care. I believe she hop on him. That's true. She might she might take that shot. Mm-hmm. She said she ain't got nothing on me. I'm seasoned. So you know, do what you need to do. I'm just saying, Marjo. I could tell Marjo wouldn't care. She would be happily kidnapped by that man and held hostage in the house. <laughs> I need that uh, for season three of Ms. and Mrs. Or season four. I'm losing seasons now, but I need that to be renewed for season four. I need oh, it to we happen. definitely coming back season four. Oh, yeah. The ratings beating Rampage. I will say, yes, you've earned your keep. They, they definitely coming back season four. George keeping them afloat. Scott, do you do a, a podcast recap of the Ms. and Mrs. No. Where you just bring in a guest and you talk about the latest episode? Nah. There's, a, there's an opportunity there for you, buddy. There's an opportunity for you to really build your personal audience with the 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 Ms. Caps. The Ms. Caps. See? He gave That's you a not title. That. The Ms. Caps. He's giving you inspiration here. Trademark that. That's not that's not bad. Oh, I like well, it too. Know, I like I like to help. I like to help. Yes, as we move on to something that happened immediately after the kidnapping. 
And it happened randomly. It was a surprise. We hear Rebel Heart. I'm like, are we serious? Is this for real? And it's actually Johnny Gargano coming back to WWE for the first time in nine months. Johnny Wrestling appears on the big screen and these fans are going crazy. I'm very happy to see him again. And it is the power of regime changes that before this happened, he was thinking about going to AEW, thinking about doing some indie dates. But he realized, hmm, new guy in charge. He knows me. I know him. I'm going to get a fair shot on the main roster to keep my name, to be myself and to be the star that I'm meant to be. He has championship ambitions to be Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion, hell, maybe even WWE Champion someday. And the match possibilities on this main roster, I can list half a dozen people right now and every match would be a banger on pay-per-view or television. I'm very happy that Johnny Wrestling is back and dare I say he could be what Brian Danielson is to AEW by bringing that same fire in his own way to Monday Night Scott. Yeah, the only guy I know that was more dramatic in the ring as far as like making things way more dramatic than they need to be is Johnny Gargano. Uh, We know that it's going to take him getting literally run over by a Mack truck to pin him. Uh, Anything short, he's going to kick out at 2.9. So, uh, you know, we're going to have some really dramatic matches coming up. I can definitely tell you that. Uh, You know, this will be fine. This will be good. I'm excited about it. I'm not like this doesn't you know, throw me to the moon, you know, but I I think he'll be a a good addition. He'll be much better utilized now than he would have been, but this isn't anything that's going to change the landscape or I don't see him being a main event guy anytime soon. So this will be a, he'll be a good guy to have good matches with during the middle of the show. And that's about all I see him doing. It's really interesting of the way that Jay just brought him out completely by surprise. Nobody had any idea. The music plays, as Kilo was saying, and, you know, you're just, wait, what? Johnny Gargano here? What? What's happening? And he's just, he's just there. And it's not, it's not necessarily a hot angle when he's coming in. It's not necessarily... Anything other than like, no, hey, this is real. I'm I'm here and I'm here to stay. I'm, I'm doing this. And you get Austin Theory. And then you begin to wonder, like, are they going to move the briefcase from Austin Theory to Johnny Gargano? Or is this to put Austin Theory further on the map uh, in some way, shape or form? And that's a really interesting question about the landscape and what WWE's plans and how their their valuation on a lot of these people. Because if you put the briefcase on Johnny Gargano, that is infinitely more interesting to me than uh, having it on theory. But at the same time, you've already invested all this time on theory. And if you take it off of him at any given point from this point, from this point on before he attempts to cash it in, you've essentially neutered the character in every way, shape or form. I'm excited that Johnny Gargano is back. I'm excited that, you know, we don't have to wonder if and when and where he's going to show up and, and all this stuff. Was it the most amazing debut in the world? No. Does it make you continue to be optimistic about the landscape of WWE in the future? Yes. So 
great that he's there. Let's uh, let's get him into the mix and see where he is on the roster. Um, if he's upper mid card and one day he wins the big one, fine by me. Congratulations, Johnny Gargano. That's a great place to be. Yeah, I'm just glad getting a fair shot, getting more money, and getting the hell out of Florida for the first time in six years. My God, it's been a long time. You have four takeovers a year that you can sense, oh, this is what a big arena feels like with people, and they love you, and they cheer for you, and it's all good. But to Scott's point, as we look back on those past takeovers, my God, they were so melodramatic and masturbatory in some ways. And I hope that's toned down a lot on the main roster. We don't need that those kind of melodramatics of he kicks out at two and nine-tenths of a second and we keep going another 10, 15 minutes. I don't need those marathon takeover main events. It was too much for me. But if you want a melodramatic match for the ages, give me Cody Rhodes and Johnny Wrestling because those dudes be crying for five straight minutes before the bell rings. I mean, you're going to have to like have the ring collapse in on itself <laughs> while they're in a hell in a cell and the cell falls down on both of them. And you'll have one of them crawling with the cell on their back as the cell is on top of the other person. They put a fingertip over their shoulder and that'll be how they get the one, two, three as they're both just bleeding buckets. That would be the match finish to that match. A 65 minute classic. And overtime, by the way. Uh, that was yeah, a five-minute overtime. overtime. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait until the Royal Rumble scenario is Johnny Gargano and Cody both getting necked on the ropes if they, uh, they eliminate the other last two people and they fall down and they look up and they both crawl towards each other in the final two of the Royal Rumble as they are gasping for breath, dramatically trying to throw the other people out. That's totally going to happen one day. <laughs> now, I will say this, where I will probably accept it in the, the one match, especially when I was coming up, where I, where I really became an Orton real follower and this real just lifelong fan, this would be the match where I would accept Gargano's overdramatic theatrics is during a five-on-five Survivor Series match and him being like a one-on-four type thing and he has to come back and he takes out two of them or something like that. Or like when Kofi took out or Orton at like- Punk. Or he, uh, there's only two left, and one of them gets taken away on the stretcher, and then he has to just stay alive right, long enough right. for like the uh, the the conquering hero to come back, and then they both stand tall at the end. Exactly, he's got grit and he's got heart, and he helped his team win. Something like that. I, I can I can deal with those dramatics like that, but yeah, you know, I mean, doing we that think weekly. About, think about. Oof. We think about these Johnny Gargano like main events as if they happen more than every three months, but it's like these were these were the climaxes to a lot of these shows, and a lot of these matches he lost mm, like me. before getting the opportunity of like having the big comeback. He, it was basically every year at the big takeover that he had the big kick out. I'm gonna win it all kind of thing, but most of the time Johnny Gargano got his ass kicked. And got booed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, got like, flipped on by the people for losing too much, for being melodramatic and losing. We talk about we talk about like how he grits his way to to a big win, but it's because he got his ass kicked so much that he has to like he has to survive all these 
massive assault to his wrestling body in order to just get the one, two, three that everyone's like, you finally won. We're, we've been, we've been pulling for you. You're not a loser. You're, you're, you're Johnny wrestling. It's all, it's all part of the character. So like, I, I know what I, I know what he is, he is when you sign up for him. I remember watching Johnny Gargano wrestle with Chuck Taylor at Dragon Gate shows back in like 2010 and thinking like, oh, this guy's good, but he's really short. I wonder if he's going to go anywhere. And fuck me, 2022, he's walking out in WWE Raw and everybody knows his name. So good on you, Johnny Gargano. You, you have done well for yourself. He has achieved the dream and I hope he does well. And as he weans himself away from Shawn Michaels, the melodramatics will hopefully go away with it because we don't need that on this show and or pay-per-view sparingly once a year at a survivor series or at warrior rumble hell even wrestlemania but i don't need it on weekly tv just be yourself you'd be good to go because you're really talented in that ring and you always deliver when it counts most as we segue to the main event of monday night raw to really wrap up a really strong third hour it was edge versus damian priest and judgment day a really good main event edge is over in his hometown looking good as always and damian priest was also impressive really good match edge during a powerbomb to Priest on the barricade on the edge of the barricade at that we got Priest delivering a razor's edge to Edge on the announce table that was a sick bump as we go to a picture picture commercial break we got a Frankensteiner from Edge but the highlight for me was dueling south of heavens from both guys and Edge eventually setting up a Canadian destroyer in Canada chef's kiss a spear for the win he gets jumped by judgment day Rhea Ripley's on site so is Finn ready to deliver a concerto until my girl Beth Phoenix comes out and she is ready to fight for a man snatches that chair from Finn Balor and our dream scenario comes true after a two-month delay Beth goes face to face with Rhea Ripley and Rhea is ready to attack but she's held back by her guys and that is the match I want to see will it be one-on-one I do not know one would hope I really do if Rhea is clear to compete in a singles match very soon but we could get a mixed tag match between the Mysterios and Edge and or Beth versus Judgment Day at Clash the Castle on Saturday so Jeremy what are your thoughts on the main event and what could be with Beth and Rhea Ripley down the road so I thought this match was good, but not great. And I don't know if that's the consensus with other people, but like the crowd was hot. Edge was incredibly motivated uh, to perform. Damian Priest did his job well. It just like it was there. It was fine. Like it was a good. It was a good match. But I didn't feel it after Edge's entrance when he came out and did his. And Trent goes like, oh, <laughs> that was a good entrance. And then I watch a match. I'm like, it never really felt like Edge was going to lose the match. So there was some like a clinical nature to it. But then you got to the post-match stuff. You got Beth Phoenix coming out. I, I don't know if there's enough time for them to do Ray, Edge, and Beth versus uh, Finn, Damian, and Rhea at World's Collide, or if they're going to do uh, Hell in a Cell or whatever. It kind of would be cool if they did a Hell in a Cell uh, mixed match like that, but uh, who knows? With that said, they're finally going in a direction with Edge and Beth Phoenix, and they're if Edge only has one more year left, like he announced after the show that he may be retiring next year in Toronto around SummerSlam, 
you know, you, you gotta get, you gotta check off the boxes and having this match with Beth Phoenix and doing this and, you know, having those memories and putting out matches that everyone is going to be into. I am totally here for that. Uh, it's not going to be the main event scene. I'm not sure I'd want it to be the main event scene, but as a adjacent to the main event scene level kind of attraction and stuff to watch. Yeah. Edge, Beth Phoenix, Ray, Judgment Day, all that stuff. I'm here for it. Absolutely sold as well. And let's just say that a haircut can de-age a guy by 15 years. Edge looks great. And if he's going to retire, hey, get your bucket list ready and knock off your opponents of who you want to face last, preferably John Cena in Toronto. I digress. But Scott, what are your thoughts on the main event of Monday Night Raw involving Edge versus Damian Priest? I thought it was probably the second best match of the night. Um, really good. I I thought Edge had a great reaction. I thought he was fired up. I thought the crowd responded pretty well to him, especially towards the end of the match. Uh, when he hit that top row Frankensteiner, I thought that's kind of when the crowd started picking up a little bit more. Damian Priest is really good. He's he moves really well. And when his when he's landing his strikes clean, it they just look really effective. And I thought Edge made Damian Priest look really good. Uh, on Monday. I'm really hoping that this is all leading to Finn Balor beating Edge. Like, I'm hoping that's the end game with all of this. I know Edge is, I, feel, I hope this is the revenge Edge gets, or it's going to be in like a mixed match where he gets the pin. But, you know, Edge and Finn Balor, that obviously has to be the match, the singles match they're building towards. And I hope that it's Finn Balor who picks up the win because I think that's a big win that could not only help him, but could help Judgment Day to, as a group. Like, you know, because if they don't do the if they don't do the Rhea Beth Phoenix singles match, you know, they need something. They need a big win. And I think Edge and Finn Balor, Edge giving that win to Finn, I think that would be really big. I Rhea can still be the centerpiece with a guy like Finn Balor picking up a big win on the side as well. Agreed. And this has been teased for almost two years now, dating back to NXT when Edge went to NXT to say, hey, you're a champ, Finn. Maybe I want your championship at WrestleMania and we're playing it up two years later. So there, there is some kind of storyline carnuity there that I do like. I have a question for you guys. Who's the leader of Judgment Day? Rhea Ripley. Yeah. I, I, the, way she, the way she walks down the middle, the way she kind of like is, you could tell when she's walking on the outside that she's running stuff. Like, at least that's how it comes off to me. So I... I would love to see Finn beat Edge, but to me, I don't see Edge losing to the second in any stable, regardless of the fact that the lead of the stable is someone that he can't beat in a match. So I'd be very curious to see if Rhea Ripley pins Beth Phoenix going into a mixed tag match, because to me, that seems like the smartest route to go. That would be the only route, honestly, to get her over as the leader of that crew to get the pin on Beth if she can't beat up Edge. Yeah. I was just curious what you guys thought, because when we talk about Finn sometimes, there there's almost like a like it's an interesting stable in which you could you could argue that it's three equals, but if there was somebody to lead the stable, yeah, it seems like Rhea, but that put Finn and Damon in a weird place in their within the uh tiers of mid card upper mid card main event when you're you're kind of pacing that out you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
And I agree with you. And, and my thing is, if you're not going to do Finn as a singles, like if you're not going to kind of run with that, then I think you need to go ahead and add to the tag division and throw them boys as a tag team in the tag division because then you really solidify Rhea as the the centerpiece of that group. If you put them as a tag team, it just the optics of it centerpieces her. I had a uh, I had a wild theory that uh, Bray Wyatt was uh, orchestrating stuff for Judgment Day, and it would be revealed later on. I'm here for that. That wouldn't be bad. There, there's something to that that seems like everything that they're doing kind of is in line with his aesthetic in some way, shape, or form. So it's possible. And I was just, if Bray is going to come back, there, there feels like there's enough creepy stables that they don't need another one. So how do they go about doing that? And it does feel like there's something missing at the top of Judgment Day, whether it's to establish Rhea as the true top of it or find someone else and establish Rhea as the top of the women's division representative of that stable. So there's a couple of different ways that they can go, but I, I feel like there's something missing in Judgment Day that needs to be filled in terms of like an authoritative leader that will win every match. I agree. Maybe we'll get that very soon once they reestablish who's really the number one leader of this group and to see whether or not Finn or Damien enters the tag team ranks. We need more tag teams in WWE that helps as well to really set Judgment Day apart from the rest of the show. As we move on to Worlds Collide, NXT style going down next Sunday at the PC at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific time on Peacock. And we got three champion versus championship matches on tap. And I want to get your guys' quick thoughts on who you think is going to win and unify these belts. First off, unfortunately, we got to acknowledge once again, Brooks and Dunn, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, reigning defending UK Tag Team Champions versus the Creed Brothers. We could have more people involved in this matchup, but Scott, who's your pick to walk away as a unified NXT Tag Team Champions? Man, I, I have to, I can't imagine that Jackoff Jensen and his Daisy Dukes are going to walk out with two belts. So I, I got to go with Diamond Mine. Like I have to, I have to think Diamond Mine is going to walk away with the belts and and really just come off looking and just incredibly strong. Uh, I, I, I can't. And I, I honestly, I hope Briggs turns on Jensen after they lose because I really like Briggs and I think there's something there with him. But I, I, I'm, I'm over Jensen. He, he got to go. I'm done with him. I've been done with him for the moment I saw him during the debut episode of NXT 2.0. First impressions stick with me for a very long time. I'm starting to grow to like Von Wagner. I have not grown to like Brooks Jensen in almost a year, and that is not a good sign. <laughs> I think uh, I think Briggs and Jensen are actually going to win this match. Oh I think uh, I think Diamond Mind is going to implode with some Roderick Strong shenanigans, and they are better chasing belts than they are holding belts. And I think this is going to leave Briggs and Jensen or Brooks and Dunn or whoever you want to call them this week ripe for the picking for a stronger heel tag team to take them on later on and reset the tag division. So Jeremy will have his last appearance on the wrap today. We thank him <laughs> for his time. I'm, like, I, I'm giving you guys the easy opening to just 
rip me a new one for being so stupidly wrong about something the next time. I'm just giving you easy openings now. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> so, so you had a good run here. Absolutely. You were, Absolutely. you were great. <laughs> you were great. We love you. But to pick Daisy Dukes Jensen and Josh Briggs over. So thanks for having me, Keela. Yes. God, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> you can sign off now. We're going to cut you off right there. There, I'm just kidding. But if we're going to do a four-way match with Pretty Deadly and Gallus, I'm picking Gallus if push comes to shove. Because I do sense that there is going to be a big implosion in Diamond Mind. Roderick Strong is going to flip on his crew. And there is a pissing contest between Julius Creed and Roddy Strong that must be solved via a 20-minute match sometime very soon. I'm here for that because they both exude a lot of big dick energy and they need to <laughs> really let all of that go in a match. So I'm for that, but not for Daisy Dukes winning this thing. No, no, no. I really like Gallus interest. I, I think their entrance is awesome. Yes. It's badass. Our next unification matches for the NXT women's and NXT UK women's championship. We got Mandy Rose, the NXT women's champion. We have the legendary, Legend herself, Miko Satamora, the NXT UK Women's Champion with that gorgeous belt versus Blair Davenport. Triple threat match because Blair is a number one contender for a title. This could be a career defining match for Mandy Rose because you are entering the ring against absolute greatness and you cannot falter, girlfriend. So what are your thoughts, Jeremy, on this match? Who should and will win this unified championship match? So back in like March or April, if you're watching NXT UK, Blair Davenport was in the middle of a match with Mako Satamura, and everything about this match was Blair Davenport's about to win this title. But she did a move from the out from the top rope to the outside, and she fucked up her ankle and leg, something fierce. And now she's back. And you know what? They're not going to be wasting a whole lot of time with her. They're going to give her both belts. They're going to make her the champion on NXT. And then they're going to get her up to the roster as soon as possible. Blair Davenport's the real deal. And there's a lot of potential with Mako Satamora. There's also, you know, a lot of potential with this new version of Mandy Rose. But if you're looking at somebody in this match that's like the star of this match, it's going to be Blair Davenport. A lot of people don't realize how good she is, but she is an immensely talented wrestler. She is. And I love her entrance as well. These UK entrances are everything. I got to say that. So I am going to lean towards Blair as well. Miko, she can travel hopefully to Raw and SmackDown and give me some bangers against Sasha Banks real soon. Just saying that'd be a dream match for me. But I digress. Scott, what is your pick for this matchup at Worlds Collide next Sunday? God, I'll be that guy, man. I, I, <laughs> Mandy Rose, man. I, I'm picking Mandy Rose. I, I think they're going to continue to solidify her as the most protected person on NXT 2.0. I. You know, I genuinely think she's going to win this match. And that doesn't mean Blair can't win the match later on down the road. But she and she might be the most over person in that building. I mean, when she there's a there was a genuine reaction when she said, this is my ring. You're in my world. I, they reacted to that. And I think there's I think there's more money in Blair winning it in a singles. And you can still have her win the two belts. But I don't know, man, I. I just think they're going to keep building Mandy Rose 
until somebody beats her in a singles match. And I could be wrong about uh, that because they do seem like they're very high on Blair the way they had her in the middle of everything. But I, I just got a feeling Mandy Rose continues her strong run. I don't know, man. Mandy seems done in NXT. Like, she's counting down like, can I go yet? Like, that, that's the vibe I get from Mandy right now. Yeah, she's got the countdown clock in her head. Now, she cared. A couple of weeks ago, a heat wave against Zoe Stark. She did care. And I do, I do feel like as well, like, I want to go back to the, to the main roster. As soon, as soon as the regime changed, Jazette, like, and she didn't feel like her job was in jeopardy. She's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good to go. Let's, let's do this. Let me go like, home. There was definitely a, a shift in her mentality. If you can see it's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm punching my time clock here right now. But uh, when the transfer goes through, let me know. <laughs> She's waiting. Like, can I get back with Sonya if that's a possibility, oh, please? Because they were the best together, really, in all honesty. So here's hoping she moves right on up. Talk heart to the desire doesn't more have, time. Yeah, heart and desire doesn't have the same uh, ring as fire and desire. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Nice pun, Jeremy. I appreciate it as always. I'm here all week. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is time for our final unification match going down at Worlds Collide. We got Braun Breaker, the NXT champion, versus... Tyler Bate, the current NXT UK champion, the final champion. This beautiful belt possibly being retired after Sunday. A sad state of affairs, but Scott, who's walking out? The unified champion, Bate or Breaker? You know, I, I'm i a big fan of the big strong boy. Um, him versus Gunther is one of my favorite matches I think WWE has ever done. Uh, I, I've never seen a match build to a suplex as well as, as that match. And they have a crowd ready to just explode on a basic move, like a suplex, like he does. And, and you saw it and they, I thought they did a great job introducing him, but you know, this is the Braun Breaker show. And right behind Mandy Rose is the most protected is Braun Breaker. So Braun wins, but I would love for Tyler Bate to sneak out a win. I would love to see it too. I'm going to go on the record right now. Braun Breaker, I have his greatest match on NXT to date versus Tyler Bate at Worlds Collide. This match has every possibility to be special and could be on a very busy weekend, one of the best best matches across AEW and WWE, Jeremy. NXT UK wins the two lower title matches, but NXT wins the big one. This is Braun Breaker's time, and the big, strong boy is going to be big, strong, and broken by the end of this one. It's unfortunate that NXT UK kind of had the send off that it did because the tournament was definitely intriguing after Ilya Dragunov have to drop the NXT UK title but the way that the timing that they were just pacing out and just letting it breathe decompressed with these uh, episodes before they revealed who won you could go online and find out a while back so it wasn't truly a shock but there was definitely a deflated sense of importance when they came out and it's like oh this title is now going to be joined with this other title but we didn't actually see yet how this guy won this title but be excited because this is a big match so eh, there are better days ahead I'm sure the match is going to rule, but for Bills, this one didn't do much for me. 
Yeah, dare I say this entire show is given Forbidden Dora vibes of we rushed the fuck out of this and we needed more time. And I hope that we reset things post this show to really get UK and USA aligned together to really have a cohesive brand that is going to be about the best of the best, bringing up better talent along the way and elevating stars and having level up as a show for the people not quite ready for USA and then that'd be ready for them when the time calls for it but I feel like damn we need an like an extra couple of weeks to really drive this world's collide show home I, I will tell you this this has nothing to do with anything else other than the world colliding I am more excited for the idea of Charlie Dempsey being the NXT champion than I've ever thought possible before he's great God, I love him. Go look up Billy Robinson. <laughs> Fantastic. That was a highlight on Tuesday's show. And I want to quickly get into a couple of NXT topics, including the main event of Wendy Chu versus Tiffany Stratton lights out. Quick thoughts on that matchup because the lights were off and I did not like that very much. I got Sin Cara vibes. Jeremy was not a big fan of it, but the body of the match was very good as Tiffany Stratton continues to improve at a rapid rate. Yeah, this is when I felt like NXT was coming back because this was a NXT 2.0 built match, but this felt like an NXT match. I know that these two probably rehearsed it and did a number of things, but there were a lot of, we're going to level up the kind of stuff that we're going to do in this match because that really did feel like a good main event match. Uh, the choke clamp through the bed frame, the Legos, there were a lot of very, very, very typical hardcore matches, but done in a different style. I applaud them for doing something different. I think that they outkicked their coverage in the match, and overall, I liked it. And Tiffany's starting to pick up instincts. So that follow-away slam missed all the Legos except, you know, one. She said, let me do a scoop slam. And she thought about it quickly. She didn't skip a beat. Progress, Tiffany. You're starting to trust yourself because you're not going to be able to practice every match for two weeks. Got to learn how to adapt on the fly on the road. Scott, your quick takes on this Lights Out match involving Tiffany Stratton and Wendy Chu. Well, I appreciate them sticking to the story with the whole lights out thing since Wendy Chu beat her up in the dark. So, you know, they went with the lights out match. I get it. Whatever. Uh, the match was fine. Uh, Legos are painful. I agree there. Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany. Let me talk to her for a minute. What we not going to do is continue to rock that type of hairdo. Now, I'm going to tell you what we're not going to do. What we're not going to do is those are not reparations. Let me tell you that. And those don't deserve no reparations. I'm I'm one of your biggest fans, girl. But let me tell you, you come back with that hair like that. Mm -mm. I you won't be touching that hair. I won't, oh, I'll, I'll touch. You oh, oh, no. You want to go after that? I was just like, I, yeah, I'm leaving that for I'll, uh, I'll, I'll nope, gladly nope, nope. go after that hair. Ain't no Oscar around and be like, don't touch our hair. No Oscar's here. <laughs> Ain't no Oscar here to do that. Oscar not here to do that. Yeah. So so what, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you one time. You come back with that hair like that again, your invite to the cookout is revoked. Yes. Don't. No Tupperware for you. Because nope. let me tell you something. I'm going to make you something fine. getting that invite instead? I'm going to make – you will. <laughs> Despite what you did with Daisy Dukes, we're we going to bring you back. We're going to give you what she would have had for dinner. But I'm going to clarify one thing for Tiffany Stratton. What Sky said about reparations, we don't do appropriations here, okay? So, man, you know. Ooh. All right. I like you too, girlfriend. When I saw them braids pop up on my screen and that deep tan. I said, hold up. Hold, uh, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
You got the spicy mix it today, didn't we? Okay, I'm just letting you know. Mm-hmm. Like she tried to look like Kim K on our on at a music video or something. Like, what are we doing? I was like, who is this? For choice. one second, like, who? Well, girl, you tried it. Jeremy's got your choice. plate now. Okay. All right. Now, also on NXT, very quickly. Index reunites because NXT matters on this show. So Andy Harwell's depressed. She's sad. Dexter comes out to a huge pop. They crawl to each other. They kiss. I'm having a GH moment. It's beautiful. And then the cops come and Dexter who hopped the border after kidnapping Miz says bye bye Indy via a doodle. I'll see you next time. He walks away. He poses and the cops come at his ass. I loved it. This was beautiful cinema. I adored it. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on Index's brief reunion after he jumped the border with Miz, apparently, to parts unknown? I uh, I really appreciated the fact that WWE cared enough about the audience to revisit this deliberately in a way that felt fan servicey but not insulting. That's the best way I can put it. I will laugh that uh, Dexter Lumis is of the right complexion that he can commit multiple crimes and then walk outside and then the police just, you know, without much incident, take him away as if, like, there aren't camera phones showing people doing far, far less and getting punished far, far worse for doing such things. But this is a pro wrestling show, so let's uh, suspend our disbelief on that one. It was a pleasant experience to watch and i enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) your thoughts scott on the index reunion for five good minutes well you already know how i stand i uh, i already fantasy booked match number 999 of the year (laughs) for that one so you already know where i stand with index and uh absolutely refuse to give it four numbers on that ranking absolutely (laughs) (laughs) oh to wonder what 1001 is (laughs) i don't know if you do i don't know if you do want to know what that bad i probably don't night nightmare inducing singles matches of Von Wagner and, and Jackoff Jensen in a blindfold match. Oh my God. If you, if you asked, you asked what type of monstrosities I could come up with, with the 1000. That's what you got. 1000 for me is the boogeyman versus Briggs and Jensen in hell in a cell. No, because that's not bad because the boogeyman would send him straight to hell and put worms in his mouth. I'm pretty I'm sure boogeyman is still a terrible wrestler. <laughs> hey, he don't need to be oh great. God. I, I have diverted. Get back. Get back to Dexter and I am I'll disturbed go. by all of this, by the way. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm I sorry. Don't I don't understand. You know, that's where I'm at with it. I'm just, you know, I'm here for uh, for George rooting on Dexter. For sure. Like Dexter, the son I always wanted, a serial killer, a guy with ambition to kill. Unlike my son, whose ambition is to be Okay in life that's george george ain't shit as we move on to one more thing from nxt and that's grayson waller being a low budget miz i'll let scott have this one so my thing is like even if we're talking purely in a kayfabe sense how is that an insult i i i I just don't especially coming from apollo cruise you want to talk about reparations. That boy got reparated from his accent. And we want to talk about, I mean, like, seriously, from Apollo Crews of all people to call somebody a low rent Miz, 
who is who is that? Who is Apollo Cruz to do that? And again, I just don't see the insult. If 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 Grayson Waller has half of the career that the Miz has, I'm sure he would be happy. He'll I'm be overwhelmed. He'll be a multi-time champion, Grand Slam two times over. He'll be living the life. And he's more athletic than The Miz, which is already a step up for him. He can talk. He has charisma. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why that lower third box is on my goddamn screen watching him talk to himself during his own talk show. (laughs) (laughs) That was such vanity on display. I do love the added touch of there was an actual Instagram live and Carmelo Hayes and people were in the group chat talking shit. That was a nice touch that I wish I could have saw on the gram. But... I like Grayson Waller. He's not a Miz. He's not a less. No, I don't think that. But it's funny. And Apollo Crews, the audacity. But <laughs> on the plus side, I did laugh my ass off when he actually burst out the Nigerian accent. You go, Kofi Kingston Light. You go, boy. <laughs> Jeremy, your thoughts on this segment? When I read the rundown for the Kanakal, the Kwana, I was just waiting for Scott Kripalk to be, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> but uh did not happen, and I got to tell you, I'm a little bit disappointed, but uh th- this too shall pass. There are many disappointments in my life, and this is just a minor one of them. I will get past it. Uh, in all honesty, Grayson Waller, the best thing that could ever happen to him was them uh, having a regime change, because all they'd want him to be would train him to be another version of the Miz, and they already have one. Now they're going to look at him and focus on his strength, his abilities, and be the best Grayson Waller rather than a low-budget version of another wrestler that they have on the roster. Because that's what they were doing before, is like finding formulas that worked and fitting people into those molds rather than like casting fresh molds based off of the talent that they have. So yes, he can, and I think he will. I sense it as well. Very bright future for him. Apollo Crews and his That's or Ravens visions are becoming canon. I'm still mixed on that, that we can see his visions and they talk about it openly on TV. That is breaking the fourth wall too much for me, but now it's an inside joke and I'm kind of here for it now. As we move on to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, going down live to tape from the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And we got to talk about art the fine art of Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn and their backstage conversations. This was amazing. So once again, Sami's trying to curry favor with Roman Reigns. Can I get into the big man's office? Can I talk to the mafioso? He does. And Roman reminds Sami, you lost last week. Let us down. No extra championship in the bloodline. And Sami is, you know, very remorseful feels very bad about it but Roman says you got a chance tonight to redeem yourself against Drew McIntyre one-on-one and Sammy says you know what I'm a master strategist I get in your head I I get in your head I put a blanket in inside your mind and I start dancing and when he started dancing Roman broke Jay who is supposed to hate Sammy and had smoke for him when he came to the door Jay broke he covered his face and he tried and Roman saw him and then he told Sammy do it again and Jay broke even more this was hilarious so after it's over Sammy understands the assignment I'm gonna do what I gotta do I want to impress you in the bloodline I'll be a part of the family he gives Jimmy the handshake awesome 
Jay just points at the door <laughs> and says, go. This was incredible. I love this storyline so much. And the and chemistry between these two. The back as hard as he could on the way out the door. <laughs> he, he probably did it to say, how dare you break me, you son of a bitch. But wow. <laughs> it was great. I loved every moment of this. This is by far one of my favorite things to look forward to on SmackDown. This is peak Attitude Era shit. The backstage segments, they were actually funny back in the day. This was a highlight, Jeremy. You know, I watch it and I'm in, I'm 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 enjoying the hell out of them and they just feel like everyone can relax and they have a goal, but they're not like being yelled at five times because you don't have the right facial impression for two seconds. This feels better backstage segments. But on the other hand, oh my god, Sammy, you poor bastard, you don't know what's coming. You poor, poor bastard. This is gonna end very badly for you. And uh maybe it will end badly for you and then it will end bad for the bloodline as a result, but I feel like I already know where the end game is here and it might involve the tag titles. Yes. He's gonna get his ass kicked. It's coming. It's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to redemption for him and Kevin Owens. There will be a great over babyface tag team. I want this. And Triple H remembers. So he's good with me. And this is a great start. We need a starting point. The storyline is laid out perfectly. And the interactions are absolutely fucking hilarious. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on all of this? Another outstanding backstage segment involving the bloodline and Sami Zayn. Honorary oos, no less. You know, I uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, Gigi and John LaRocca for their Raw 98 shows. I uh, I just I get a, a lot of vibes of Owen Hart and the Nation of Domination. Um, just kind of the way he, he not only the way he stands out, but just you don't think he would fit in with the group, but he, he just works so perfectly. Um, it's a completely different setup as far as why he's there and all that, but it works as far as him just not looking like he fits, but he just fits in seamlessly with the group. Um, I, you know, we've talked about this on the show multiple times. We've talked about this for weeks that whenever Sammy does get the turn, he's going to be a big moment. And he even got a baby face pop. We'll talk about at the end of the show when he gave Drew a hell of a kick on the outside of the ring. People reacted positively to him. So, you know, Sami Zayn is doing gr- a great job right now. And I hopefully after the tag team runs his course, I hope he gets some singles love again. Yes. I did laugh at Jay trying to be angry at him again. And then Sammy says, what's your problem? <laughs> Why are you so mad? Why are you coming for me like this? Jimmy's okay. You got an issue with me. I love it. I love all of this. Jay is turning into Roman Jr. because he it was the one that has been gaslit and now he's morphing slowly into a tribal chief himself in some ways. The other head of the table. Yeah. But there's only one. So. There's only one until so. Solo Sequoia shows up and says, hey, we got our own table too. Dot, dot, dot. Sometimes more mouths to feed and who's going to feed them? Exactly. This table is going to be very complicated soon. Yeah, I, I'm excited. There, there's a lot of directions that the Roman Reigns story can go. And if you were to lose in the near future, I'm not sure that's the greatest idea. But at the same time, it's like the more that they feature Drew and don't put 
have him win the big one right now, the less he's going to mean. So there, there's a couple of things there that you just kind of have to like, hmm, hmm, decisions, decisions. Definitely. As we move on to the match I might be looking forward to the most at Clash of the Castle on Saturday. It is Gunther versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship. The only championship Sheamus has never won in WWE, and that is a staggering stat. Him and John Cena have failed to win this title throughout their entire career. Sheamus will not win, but he will absolutely beat the shit out of Gunther, and Gunther will return the favor. And we had a moment between these two. They cut a pretty good promo in each other, and then we had a fight between Butch and Ludwig Kaiser, which Holland got involved at some point. But I got a flashback to a very infamous, infamous ending of AEW Dynamite two months ago, and it was the ace, the legend, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and John Moxley staring down each other in the ring. And there is absolute chaos going on around them. Factions here, factions there, factions everywhere fighting amongst themselves. And they're just staring at each other for three good minutes. We have Seamus and Gunther staring at each other for two good minutes. So, Scott, my question for you is this. Who did it better? WWE or AEW? Come on. Uh, you know, I'm going I'm I'm to go with I'm going to go with WWE on this one, mainly because, you know, I I thought the action on the outside was a little bit better. I enjoyed watching Bush actually get to unleash. And let's not underappreciate Ridge Holland's reaction of just being like, you know, what? let me just get out the ring. I ain't helping. I ain't doing nothing. Let me just step out the ring. He tried his best. Him walking back and forth. I I loved I loved it. I I, I thought this was a a perfect segment. They both got to say their piece, and then they just had a stare off. And this is going to be the first ten seconds of the match, and then they're just going to start throwing body blows. It's going to be great. Beautiful body blows as Gunther chops the soul out of Sheamus. Um, I tremendously enjoyed the segment, and I think WWE did it better because. What they did was that you had Sheamus and you had Walter and they were in the ring and they said their piece and then they just locked eyes with each other. And then you had uh, Kaiser, you had uh, Holland and you had uh, Butch all going like Tasmanian devils all around them. Uh, They don't break contact. I'm loving it. And all of a sudden they get near Gunther and Sheamus and all they do is put their arms out behind them still looking at each other and like, stop. And it was just like, these were the two generals in the ring and everyone else like did what they said. So you got these two and they're looking at each other and like, yep, this is the match I want to watch the most. That's it. Some good. Just tell me when and where and I'm going to watch this match and I'm going to tell you how great it was after. I might need some smokes after it's all said and done. Not ashamed to say it. And I'm an asthmatic and I might need like something to ease the pain from their pain because it's going to be beautiful violence. Yes, indeed. As we segue to our final segment of SmackDown this past Friday, it is Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre having a match for the Universal Championship at Clash of the Castle. And Roman is a bit worried about this matchup. He doesn't know what to do. 
but he knows what he can do. And that is beat this man down with help from the Usos and Sami Zayn. As it was Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre in the main event spot, a very good match. The Usos got involved towards the end, but Drew still lays out Sami with a Claymore kick for the win. And Roman goes after Drew. Drew fights back, sends Roman shoulder first to the ring post. But after a counterattack by the Usos, he's speared by Roman Reigns and the beatdown is on and they beat the ever-loving shit out of Drew McIntyre. They throw him over the announce table against the steel steps, against the barricade. Sammy hits a halluva kick. The crowd pops, as Scott mentioned earlier, and they just beat this man down with still chair shots to the back and shoulder. Roman chokes him out with the guillotine, says, I'm on the top of this mountain. I'm not coming down anytime soon. And the highlight was Roman taking a seat in a steel chair over Drew McIntyre with both championships draped over his shoulder. You got the Usos on either side of him and Sami Zayn, honorary Usos in the background, trying to get in the frame. Put all of this on a t-shirt to be sold on WWEshop.com. This was a great heat-seeking segment and the photos from .com of Drew McIntyre's back. This man took a hellacious beating. My goodness, the things he'll go through to get that heel heat on himself via this beatdown. But my God, Jeremy, what a finish to SmackDown. This beatdown was quite vicious heading into their championship match on Saturday. So they they had this, and they also had the two video packages about Drew McIntyre throughout the show, one of them talking about his ascension to WWE before getting fired, and then... Is everything good? Hello? Well, I think like, Jeremy got bounced. That's what happens when you talk about The Miz. The boy got money. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he Miz, got booyakud. Yeah, Miz, Miz booyakud him. Miz went and found a mask and booyakud him. Oh my goodness. So as we hope that Jeremy comes back to this show, Scott, what are your thoughts on the main event angle from SmackDown? I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought that this is, you know, this is what kind of, you establish Roman Reigns and you establish the bloodline as the problem. You know, we know how great Roman is. And we saw Drew got the better of Roman, even though Roman attacked him from behind. And I thought that was key, that every time that it's been a one-on-one thing, Drew has been able to get the better of him. And it was important for that, so that way they established that the bloodline makes it impossible. Michael Cole was great on commentary here, kind of, you know, talking about the threat of the bloodline and just how no matter what Drew does, he's always going to be outnumbered. And Sammy just adds a completely different element to that. So I thought this was a great way to tell that story of, you know, not only do you have to worry about the Usos, but now you have to worry about Sami Zayn as well. And it kind of showed that, especially because he took out the Usos, but then Sami Zayn was right there. So it just adds another element. I think that was a good part of the story to tell that Drew's able to overcome those three. Now Sammy is now kind of the game-changing piece so far for the bloodline. He's earned his credibility, which is very important. And welcome back, Jeremy. You got jinxed by The oh, Miz. Oh, man. The Miz did it. Oh, man. Shout out to Mike. My computer <laughs> my computer just restarted. It was like, what? Uh, okay. Uh, I hope it. Hope not awkward. Anyways, uh, I hope that Drew is going to uh, win this title. He's definitely been set up in a way that he should. But I, I don't feel convinced that that's the direction they're going. 
Ooh, well, now it's time for the big question. So Drew McIntyre won the 2020 Warrior Rumble. He beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania with nobody in the building. That was a rough go, but he did it anyway. Carry the company on his back during the early days of the pandemic. We thought he was going to get coronated in front of a lot of people at Tampa Bay last year. Did not happen. It was Bobby Lashley's time and moment. Completely understandable. Now, we're in Cardiff Wells. Clash at the Castle. Their first stadium event in 30 years. Do you sense a shot, any shot, any hope that Drew McIntyre wins these championships on Saturday, Scott? Oh, man. I think there's a shot. I, 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 I genuinely think there's a shot because Paul Heyman's involved and they can always pull a loophole that he signed the contract for only one of the titles or some, something ridiculous. He's not walking away with both belts. There's no shot of him walking away with both belts. Let's, I'm, I will say that. There is a shot of him pinning Roman Reigns, though. I do. I think it's going to happen, though. Nope. I and honestly, it nobody should be beating Roman Reigns except Cody Rhodes. I, you, you have the story built up. You have your ultra ultimate babyface ready to return from injury. Save that for Cody, man. I, I just I, so no, I don't think it's going to happen. All right, Jeremy, what do you think is going to happen? He. He'll have the title for something like 740 days. There is a very real possibility he holds on to it for longer. The idea to me is if not Drew, who? And if not Drew, when? Because if anything, the last thing that you want to do as WWE is tell people more of the same and then do a match in order to just come back and do the match a month later, especially because it's in... The UK, this is Drew's time to shine. I, I'm fifty fifty. I'm just gonna go. I'm fifty fifty. I don't think there's a wrong answer on who, who wins the titles at this match, but I just don't know what they do. Mm, I am really torn. A part of me wants the rain to continue, but on the other hand, sixty thousand people and Drew McIntyre being over in that building, and they might be for Roman too. You never know. Just every time you think that Roman is going to lose, he's standing tall. And I sense it's going to happen as well. Once again, even though I'm pulling for Drew, but I think that Roman's reign means a bit more right now. WrestleMania implications. Cody should be the one to beat him. We'll see. But it should be a great atmosphere come Saturday. It's going to be a great show. Stacked lineup. Very busy week in professional wrestling. Looking forward to it as we put a bow on this week's episode of The Wrap. But before we go, it's time to name the best damn television match of the week. The one match that stood out across all shows, including the final days of NXT UK. Maybe there was a match on Level Up that gave you some pleasure. Main event, Raw Smackdown 2.0. Jeremy, what's your pick? Nothing gave me more optimism and hope for the future of WWE than watching the company competently book Kevin Owens versus Chad Gable on Monday night to the massive cheers and booking of Kevin Owens, leaving both of them laying in the ring after he won the match and then summarily kicked both of their asses to stand tall and to reaffirm himself as the prize fighter. That to me, that fucking ruled. That match was so good. It was so good. Chad Gable is so great. So and Kevin Owens, the prize fighter with his OG Titan Tron from NXT. God bless them. I love this. Scott, your pick. 
Uh, I wasn't going to pick that, but I'll go with something different. I, um, sorry, that's okay. I got, I got two other ones. I thought the, uh, Tyler Bate and they're both actually have a coffee involved. I thought Tyler Bate versus, uh, Joe coffee was, uh, really good. But I also thought the Noam Dar versus Mark coffee for the heritage cup was just an excellent story that they told throughout that match. I, each round, was a, a different chapter to a great book. And I, I just thought that entire story they told was, was excellent. So I, I think Mark Coffey versus Noam Dar for that Heritage Cup title is a match well worth going out of your way, um, even though it doesn't matter anymore. It's like, whose line is it anyway with points? Points don't matter. But you still show up. They still put <laughs> on a great match. I, I Really, really, really good match. And I will give a shout-out, since you mentioned NXT Level Up, Nathan Frazier versus Eichmann. Uh, that's a solid match for NXT level up. Yeah, I said Phoenix Splash was stunning to wrap up that match. He's so good. And he has hope now on the show in the main roster eventually as well. So I'm looking forward to his progression in WWE. I really am. So, so you're telling me that Eichmann has a chance to go from hero and not a zero anymore? There's hope. Eichmann Jiro, now a hero. Listen, no we, can, we can stop the Japanese stereotypes. <laughs> he, could go from, he could go from a zero to a hero. There is hope for him. I do believe. There is hope yes. for Yes, it is. There is hope for Nathan <laughs> Frazier leaking up with his mentor, Seth Rollins, one day, and they'll be on equal footing, God willing, under the new administration. My pick. What was your favorite match? There was there. Were, it wasn't a lot this week, unlike the last couple of weeks, but I am going to go with what I said on Monday. It was Kevin Owens versus Chad Gable. Professional wrestling excellence. Both guys are incredible. Kevin Owens is over with the people right now. He's going to be a goddamn fantastic babyface whenever that turn is official. And Chad Gable, I demand on Monday Night Raw that he is going to be face to face with his real father, Kurt Angle. Oh, I have a question for you guys. Um, has there ever been a consensus everyone agreed on the match of the week? There might yeah, have been a tie. There have been a tie. We were very close today. Yes, we were inching towards it. We were very yes. close. God. Uh, you know, I also, I chose Mandy Rose. You know, I I, I am that guy. I, I, I will always be that guy. I can't help it. The contrarian? I can't help it. I can't, I can't be the consensus. I can't, I can't let us all that's agree. Why, that's why you're here. You got you to gotta offer the point of view that... Uh, most people don't agree. You know, I, I can't. I can't go with a consensus. Oh man, this show would be nothing without you, Scott. You and Keela make this show what it is, one hundred percent. We thank you for that. Scott does make it a whole lot of fun, and I had to light him Absolutely. up that one time today. But he loves well, it. You know, this is a. Uh... He he got a lot of abuse today. So <laughs> if, if he needs a little bit of milk and cookies next week, uh, talking about Clash of the Castle to get all that salt out of his mouth, I, I understand. A little bit of sugar. Well, you have, sugar you have to remember the last two, three weeks, you know, I've uh, I've got to sit here and just listen to Keela spew out love for the Miz. So that's, I can I can deal with a few a few couple minutes of a disparaging comments. I've done him so many favors like this year. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm fine with it. I, I, I even <laughs> sat here and said, "You, if you can't make money uh, with the Miz, you should get out of the money making mm-hmm. business." With that said, you don't have to make as much money with him at all periods of time, and he's going to take a little bit of a back seat going into the future. That's no, okay. It just means that he might have an opportunity <laughs> to get hotter again. I am laughing at the seriousness Scott had to tell Paul Levesque, "Listen to me, okay." What you need to do with the Miz is X, Y, and Z. We ain't doing this because I want my guy to be in a top spot. Like he is his manager. I only want green M and M's for my guy. Okay. Listen, I want room temperature water. He he ain't got to be in a top spot, you know. But I'm gonna tell you what I don't want. I don't need to see that man losing every week. And what I dag on sure don't need to see is him getting abducted. And I gotta go call the police to be worried about my guy and make sure that you know Monroe and Madison got their pappy coming home. You know, I know because I, I know wait. George's not going to do it. <laughs> I can't wait till this all turns out to be a uh, long plot that Dexter and Chompa are going to become a tag team that are being trained by the Miz. Um, sweet mother of the Lord of Christ. <laughs> you know what? Um, this is the moment I must hit the button on this show after you. And we're out. <laughs> now, see, I had all the smoke for Scott, but now it's slowly transferring to Jeremy because how dare you say that? Are you sure this is the same Jeremy that showed up after the uh, disconnect? Because I could have just gone evil. Are you a clone that hacked the system to say that? (laughs) What is this, Twin Peaks? Moo-hoo, ha-ha. Scott Scott brought me back this time. It's all about making money with the Miz. This is collusion. (laughs) Collusion going on here to even suggest that, but... To make Scott happy, to end this show on on the only note I can, Scott is Mrs. Poppy. Better than George. Better than George. I will will trade being Mrs. Poppy if Rhea will be my poppy. She's got to be my poppy too. So, Don't make it weird, guys. I, 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 ain't it weird. It, I ain't making it weird. Ain't it weird? Ain't it weird? I, 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 hey, make she could be my poppy. I'm just saying. It's after hours. We can say whatever we want. Not, not getting any less we weird. We can share her, okay? <laughs> I'm already covering the cheddar biscuits. We can share her. All right. They on the house. What you mean you covering them? You ain't got to pay for cheddar biscuits. You ain't covering nothing. I'm covering the drinks. I'm getting water. Cheap ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On all, in all seriousness, we had to activate slight horny hours at the end of the show because NXT doesn't do it anymore, thankfully. So with that, that's a wrap on all things WWE this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank Jeremy for joining us as always, chopping it all up when it comes to things WWE related. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Whoever you are, because we don't know if it's really the true Jeremy Feinstone at this point. Could be a clone. I will say the real Jer- the real Jeremy Feinstone would say, go check out Speaking of Strong Style on YouTube at the Fight Game Media channel. It's a new podcast video show talking every week about New Japan Pro Wrestling with another frequent co-host, guest, Stephen Conway. If you like some of the humor that you get here, you're going to get it there just talking about New Japan. Great plug, great show. And Scott, thank you as always for being here as we apparently now share Rhea Ripley, a new development on this show this week. Oh, absolutely. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to next week talking about The Clash. Uh, It should be a very newsworthy show. 
Yes. And with that, we'll be back next week talking about The Clash, talking about Worlds Collide and all the fallout from WWE. Until then, for Jeremy Scott and myself, that's a wrap on all things WWE. Take care.